Hello, and welcome to the Ashley Smith podcast, where you get to listen to conversations and stories from some of Vancouver's top entrepreneurs, leaders, and community ambassadors. We'll be talking about leadership, entrepreneurship, adversity and success, industry disruption, business evolution, emerging trends, innovation, and new ideas, and of course, issues that impact Canadians and in particular, Vancouverites. So thank you for joining and please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. It is now available on iTunes and Spotify and a few other channels. So enjoy the show. Thank you again for joining. And if you have any ideas about uh, who I should bring on the podcast next, please don't hesitate to contact me. You can contact me on Twitter or Instagram uh, via my handle at at Ashley underscore Realtor. Original, I know. Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I know my podcast episodes are few and far between, uh, but that's going to be changing. And I'm probably going to be changing my intro as uh, I think that I may not rely solely on interviewing other people. Um, I may start talking more about things I'm thinking about. I do definitely want to have guests on the podcast. Um, I think it's just one of those things that's been getting in the way of me getting this whole thing rolling. So I have been listening to Gary V a lot, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I go in and out of liking him and right now I'm liking him a lot. And uh, you know what, I'm just gonna take his advice. I'm just gonna start putting out content. Um, So I'm not gonna have a lot of rules about this podcast. At least not for right now. That might that might change. That might evolve. That's what we're all about. But anyhow, I am here with yet another interview where I was the one being interviewed. Um, I figure I'm going to throw it up there. I don't have a lot of you listening quite yet. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a good, it's a nice one-on-one. Uh, I am being interviewed by the one and only Jenny Woon. She's a realtor, also with Oakwin Realty. Uh, she's a bit of a powerhouse and, uh, you know, has been done so well in her business and she's also a bit of a mentor so she has a podcast called in the house podcast it's something you probably want to check out they talk about things uh, about business entrepreneurship it's definitely not just a real estate podcast by any means Um, so she interviews me and we get into a conversation about leadership Uh, I talk a little bit more in depth about my experience as a director and most recently chair and spokesperson of the real estate board of greater Vancouver which has been a wonderful experience. I'm now leaning out as past chair, um, which also means I'm going to have more time on my hands, you guys. So I'm going to be back at it with this podcast and um, no more excuses. But anyhow, I talk about leadership. I talk about being uh, a young person at the board of directors table, what that's meant for me. I talk about finding my voice, finding my strengths, um, really acknowledging my strengths and uh, also my weaknesses and not apologizing for them figuring out more or less how to work with those weaknesses so that's an interesting part of this dialogue that I'm about to play for you and we also talk a bit about um the state and environment of the real estate industry and profession in general. I've obviously had a lot of time to look into that world and explore not 
so much just as a realtor, but also as um, a leader in organized real estate. We're always paying attention to what's going on. And and it, let's be real, you guys, the world is changing and this industry hasn't necessarily kept up. It's been, it's had the luxury of uh, maintaining status quo in many ways. I don't predict that'll uh, stick around for too much longer, that luxury. Um, so we talk a little bit about that and then just dive a bit more into some fun stuff about social media, how to find organic organic growth and have influence in 2020. The world is crazy. Things are changing, uh, but there's a lot of opportunity out there. So we get a little bit into that. Now, I'm going to say that regarding all of these topics, um, I want to dig deeper into them. So this is a good conversation. You get to meet me a little bit more, um, but we're going to dive deeper into these, I think, moving forward. So if you have any questions or thoughts or comments, uh, do let me know because I'm happy to dig deeper into them we get into tiktok i love tiktok i it was my little secret for a while there but uh, the secret's out um so we can talk about that too anyhow i'm gonna get right into the podcast now i appreciate you guys sticking around being my sort of early audience um but this is gonna start rolling pretty quick here and it's gonna be really fun so i'm really looking forward to it all right everyone enjoy and take care we'll talk soon Welcome back to In The House. Today's conversation is with Ashley Smith. Now, if you don't know Ashley, she's going to really make you think of getting involved with the truth of who you want to inspire and lead in the marketplace. She's won the 2019 40 Under 40 with Business in Vancouver. She's the past president for the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. She built a successful real estate business around her passion for governing and policies. Ashley is highly successful and all the agents at my office look up to her and her leadership. We talk about her experiencing representing the voice of 14,000 agents and her core driving factors to want to get involved with the real estate board. We also talk about how she is so successful in creating funny and entertaining content on her social media handles and how she connects with her clients and signs up with more clients from there. She's really taken advantage of some of the cost effectiveness of social media and how she has picked to be one of the top 100 real estate agents on social media in 2018 by Property Shark. And so really, you will leave with a sense of inspiration of just putting yourself out there and owning who you are. This is Ashley Smith. I know you will truly enjoy this episode. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to In The House Podcast. Sitting next to me is Ashley Smith. I mean, for you all of you guys who don't know who she is, you guys have been living under a rock because she is on social media and on every platform. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to have to read this list because you've done a lot of things in your career over the last five years, but you've been in the business since 2008, correct? That's, yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. So I'm going to go down this list and, and feel free to add it. And, and don't be embarrassed because honestly, it's like an amazing accomplishment of items here. Top 100 real estate agent on social media in 2018 out of all of North America, right? <laughs> you run the Ashley Smith podcast, youngest ever to be elected as the member of the real estate board of directors for Greater Vancouver since 2012 is when you started? I started in 2012. Yeah. Okay. And 2019, you became president and board of chair for the real estate board of Greater Vancouver. In fact, you're the youngest president in uh, hundred years of history. Yeah. 
2019 winner of 40 Under 40 with Business in Vancouver. And you're the co-owner and owner, uh, uh, founder of Vancouver Avenue Real Estate Collective. That's right. Yeah. So how do you handle all this on a day-to-day basis? Like, uh, how do you prioritize? Um, I'm not a very good example, if I'm being really honest with that. <laughs> I'm learning that I need help. I'm not a very um, operational person. It's something I've recognized over yeah. the last few years. Um, so luckily, having a partner um, with the Vancouver Avenue and brokerage side um, has been a big help, obviously, and just kind of forgiving myself when I don't, I'm not optimal. <laughs> um, and I do want to correct you, though. I, I'm not the youngest director at the Real Estate Board. Um, certainly, over the past few years, there have been a number of young people that have come up. So I am okay. the youngest chair, but there's lots of young people starting to get involved in leadership, which is really great. No, it's really good to see this because, um, you know, we have voices and we have we want to be heard. Mm-hmm. So it's so amazing that you've been involved in that since um, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen change over the years? Since you've been on the committee? Um, so I think some of the things, so I was involved um, with the organization a slightly earlier on as well in a uh, different capacity. And say, let's say 2010 onward, um, some things have been really consistent and some things have evolved. So I think what's been consistent is what we typically find in our profession, which can be very status quo mindset. Um, There's a lot Mm. of future focus thinking that's done at an organizational level. And a lot of the types of conversations we're having today were things that we were thinking about 10 years ago. And now we're just starting to see the environment getting there. Um, So the world has changed. And like, that's for all industry, right? Mm -hmm. For all professions. Um, And so just trying to figure out how to adapt and from an association standpoint, understanding that, you know, it's a not-for-profit organization. Um, How do we add value to the membership um, when there's uh, players coming into the field that have millions, perhaps getting like Mm -hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars to invest in capital and and people that they, stakeholders that they need to make money for. Um, It's very challenging from an association standpoint to figure out how do we provide value in this environment. Um, What's stayed the same is a lot of business practices haven't evolved much. Right. And it's interesting to see that. There's certainly innovation and there's there's niche um, practice and, and realtors and brokerages that are doing some interesting things. Oakwood mm-hmm. Realty, of course, I think is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just more from an average, <laughs> it's, it hasn't felt very different right. um, watching that. So that's been really interesting. You started in 2018 for four years. You were kind of just acting as an agent. And since then, what was the biggest thing that you've learned about this industry? Um, it's Well, so 2008 I started, and I, I did start in the suburbs. I moved to the city pretty quick, and I had to kind of find my place. And at that time, I was really leaning into social media the best I could, uh, kind of learning as I went, and frankly, because I didn't have money, and that was the option I had. Um, the real estate market in Vancouver is obviously um, a complex market with high prices and and started young. Um, So I think what I've learned through the years um, is that there's room for every type of realtor, for example, and I think there's room to carve out your niche and to lean into different, um, whether it's technology or media or just different avenues to find your place. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that that, uh, I've observed 
absolutely over time that um, while it feels suddenly like the world has changed so much over the last 10 years, we're still super early on. I think in the tech world, for example, Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of room to stand out and do something Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there a a body of... um, of governance, governance where we're trying to emulate or in other city where they've done a better job than us? Yeah, from a governance perspective, um, in terms of organized real estate, it's tough. North America is kind of leading the way in organized approach to this profession, uh, but there's, we're still so far behind. And quite honestly, Greater Vancouver is probably one of the most advanced. Mm -hmm. And it may not feel that way from a realtor perspective. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, I think. Um, But when we look around at sort of other organizations, we've done a lot and and sort of an attitude. Like we have much more of a consumer-focused mindset, public-focused mindset versus uh, realtor-focused, which is very difficult for a lot of our counterparts to swallow because it's a membership organization. Mm-hmm. Um, there is um, down in the States, they're really broken up down there in terms of like their structure is a little bit different. Um, but I think it's Houston has some really interesting leadership and governance there. So we, we've we had conversations with them and we're looking at some of the things that they're doing. But I think really at the end of the day, it's more about how do we go outside of ourselves. We have to really, I think, look outside of the real estate industry yeah. um, from a governance perspective to see like what are other types of professional organizations and uh, associations doing um, to add value because they're going to have similar challenges, just a different set of um, things that their members are doing. Yeah. So we've, we've had to do that. And we're really lucky at the Real Estate Board of Vancouver. One of the examples is we have um, three public directors that sit on our board who are professional corporate directors. And I know this is a little boring, <laughs> but it's, it's actually really amazing. It's been one of the best things I've been able to be involved with, seeing these people who sit on boards, um, th- not only throughout our region, but throughout the country and some international. Like we have someone mm-hmm. that's been involved with like the World Bank and like it's crazy. The, wow. the skill and the, their appetite to even have any involvement with us is astonishing Um, but they bring a lot to the table so I think it comes down to is being willing um, from a professional standpoint to look outside of what the historically has been the norm Um, and from a governance and leadership being comfortable with that too and and then then I think you can trickle that down to our businesses Mm -hmm. as well so how did you get into the into real estate like did you have a background in government policies and Debate. Uh, so, sorry, do you mean more at the real estate, like the leadership side or in general? As, in as general, a real estate licensed um, agent. Yeah, no, I started young and it was sort of by accident. I didn't, um, I was going to school. I was a homeowner very young mm-hmm. um, and that was circumstantial. My boyfriend at the time got in an accident, had a little money, and we were living in Surrey and the, it was like the same price to buy in terms of monthly cost versus renting. Um, Really liked that. That was before the recession in 2008-ish or whatever. And um, HGTV was all the rage. And (laughs) it was just exciting. And I hate to be so um, cliche, but it was just, oh, this might be fun to explore. I didn't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. I didn't even think of myself as that. I thought of it more as like a job. Mm -hmm. Um, That changed quickly when I realized the reality. And then that entrepreneurial side of things really was what excited me, especially 
once I moved to the city mm-hmm. um, and seeing a younger demographic of realtors and quite honestly being embraced by a number of young realtors who told me a bit about what to expect, what they're doing. And this is where we were able to get a little more innovative with the media stuff and social mm-hmm. media. Um, so it suddenly became more of something that I could put my heart into rather than just trying to figure out like where how do I find clients? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you possess like a really s- strong skill of authority to like achieve like significant governance. Mm-hmm. And, and I could tell just by how passionate you talk about it. So if there was one committee, uh, like a certain subject or a certain um, movement that you wanted to create, which one would you lead? One of the things, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question um, the way you're wanting, but one of the things I've been thinking about because I am leaning out now with the real estate board, I have one more year there as past chair. Um, I've been thinking a lot about uh, where can I get involved, and um, I, I have an interest in things around urban planning and design mm-hmm. and sustainability. So those are I'm going to be looking at what opportunities there are to kind of get involved in leadership from that respect. So um, still a lot to learn, but that's I think. What if you surround yourself with the right people, they're going to want you to be involved because you're so passionate about it? I hope so. I think that the thing I've really taken from my experience as a director has been the best directors are those that come with a learning mindset versus I have an idea and I want to push that idea mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think having curiosity is a huge uh, element to being a good leader. And yeah, so that's, I think... You know, you open doors you don't expect to open when you put yourself in that environment, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. being a great leader for us, and thank you for being our voice. Oh, yeah. um, did that put a lot of stress on on you? Like, um, I, fourteen thousand voices is is a lot. I, you know, yeah. I think there's an element of feeling like a representative, which is a little funny. I think it's also a little bit misleading. Um, I think members think of the board of directors as their representatives. And while we are representing them in a way, um, we can't certainly represent all of their voices at the same time. It's just not possible. We Mm -hmm. have to look out for the best interests of the organization. And sometimes that means going against the grain of what people think they might want. Um, So in terms of, you know, I think more for me, time management wise, is like where the stress came is figuring out more the um, day-to-day organization Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Certainly, I think when you're involved in something like this, having thick skin matters, um, having empathy matters, and like hearing people, but without letting it impact your the way you look at yourself. Yeah. Um, what did you learn most about yourself? Um, well, this experience. I, I think I learned that I'm probably a bit stronger than I thought I was. I think I have um, the right type of personality for this type of uh, role. Um, And I think I felt really young initially and nervous about my youth Mm -hmm. and coming out of it. I'm like, no, you know what? That added value. It's not every leader should be young, but I think having an element of that and some turnover from time to time is is a positive thing. So I I felt like I I feel more confident with my voice and Mm -hmm. I've learned, I think I'm fairly good speaker. I really enjoy now getting in front of the camera a lot more because that was a part of the role. So the spokesperson thing, I think, helped me get over myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, I've learned I'm definitely more interested in strategy versus execution. Right. Like I, there's a big difference when you're involved in um, governance, especially like a good governing board, you're really on the strategy side of things and you need to stay out of operations. That's what the staff and senior management and all that kind of stuff, the CEO, for example, that's what they're for. So you don't need to meddle with what's being done. You just have 
to make sure that there's accountability and things are being, yeah. you know. And the whatever. trust that it will be executed the way you guys envisioned it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that I've recognized because, I, you know, I grew up, I was a good student. I was like good in customer service when I started working at a young age and I assumed I was a well-organized person <laughs> and that I could do things. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. I'm not that person at all. I like to have ideas. Um, I like to have somebody helping me with my calendar and I like <laughs> other people to do the things. I'm like, that's okay. I think as a woman, we often feel like if there's an event, for example, I don't want anything to do with it. I want to build the idea. I want to show yeah. up. I don't want to be the person doing anything in between. Right, right. I mean, I noticed that in any all of your bios and profiles, you don't call yourself an entrepreneur. Like you call yourself a uh, governing uh, and leadership nerd. Yeah. But like but I don't I see your I see you as an entrepreneur because you're creating strategies for people. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a I'm I'm trying to get more comfortable with that word and I think I do want to take on that term for myself probably a bit more. I think that for my public facing stuff, I like to put that, I put the governance nerd and leadership nerd or whatever out there because I frankly want people to see that and differentiate me as like a realtor and and that this is something that, you know, if you have a really great performing board, ask me to be a part of it. So I want that to be there just more for a call to action. (laughs) No, I mean, it's certainly a unique selling proposition that you have because I don't think there's many of us who want to be involved in the the politics, I guess you could say, and yeah, yeah, and I I like to try to encourage people to try to take the politics out because it should be uh, less political than than sometimes it feels. Um, I think it's more about collaboration mm-hmm. and not having like. Uh, platform, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, if you guys are just joining in, we are here with Ashley Smith, and she is with Oakland Realty, one of uh, her businesses. She's the owner and co-founder of Vancouver Avenue Real Estate Collective. So we're here. We're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about social media because I know you are just so excellent at it, and I watch you on all platforms. I don't know how you have time to come up with all this content. So one of my questions is, is um, you have 27,000 followers on TikTok and you have 224,000, not that I'm creeping, you have 224,000 likes on your videos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you come up with the content? Um, You know what? So TikTok sort of started as a dirty little secret of mine and I just thought it was a fun place. I, I sort of heard about it and heard, you know, this might be something that gets big. And so I thought, I'm going to check it out. And it turns out, after spending some time more as like a consumer on it, I'm like, this is fun. I really mm-hmm. like this. The sort of theater nerd in me, which uh, is something that I used to do back in the day, is like, oh, this is a place for me to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, front and center and silly and not necessarily so real estate focused, although I'm starting to incorporate that more. I think consuming and understanding the platform really matters mm-hmm. and don't always get it right and that's fine. Um, but understanding kind of the intention, really not trying to be like salesy on mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You had a really good video recently on top 10 on how to make a good video on a listing. So it seems like you're out and about on the weekends. I think the the most, like the last weekend you did 10 Instagram live videos. Yeah. I mean, okay, how did that work? I can't even imagine 
how that worked. Like, how did you schedule that? What did you, like, was someone with you filming? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your weekend. Yeah. So I did two weekends ago. I did 12 in one weekend. Okay. And uh, I, it's, it's not as overwhelming as it might sound. Cause what I've been playing with is doing at certain properties, I'll do lives twice in one shot. So I'll do one on Facebook and then I'll do one on Instagram. So that's two live streams because I'm going through the motions twice, but you're at the same property for scheduling purposes. I mean, when we think about open houses, usually you're banking at least two hours plus setup mm-hmm. and close down or whatever. Um, usually depending on the space, it might be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes per live stream. Mm-hmm. I've probably learned not to put them so back to back because technically it's a little difficult and stressful, but it's pretty easy to do actually. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying it. And um, Would you say you started this pre-COVID or was this something kind of forced because we were now going all virtual? Yeah, this was full-on COVID result. Yeah. I think we had been talking about doing live video more, but didn't necessarily frame it in the context of like a virtual open house as an example. Um, When we were looking at COVID from the real estate board perspective, Mm -hmm. um, shredding off open houses and then turning on the live stream function, I mean, that really kicked it off. Right. Um, Because you can advertise it, but then there's also a more organized way of advertising that the general public can kind of start learning is, is a method that is available to them. So right. yeah, so that started and I just was like, I'm going to take this and run with it. And it's been really fun. So what have has worked and, and have you seen like prospects or new leads coming from your videos and, and audience? Yeah. And I think you have to look a little bit at a more sort of 50 foot level a little bit with some of this stuff because some of the stuff is connected, but not necessarily direct. We did get an accepted offer on a property recently that was, you know, on the contract, there's a space for as seen on. Oh, amazing. And it was as seen on the live stream virtual tour. Oh, did you really put that? They No, the the buyer's agent did. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, that's pretty exciting. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily expecting that. And I think we've seen an impact for some of our listings where there's a wider audience than there would have been. Um, But what I've really found, and this is the secret I kind of want to keep to myself, but what I've really found is ever since I started doing live video on the platforms, my organic reach has exploded. Okay, And I do a lot of ads. Mostly I do Facebook and Instagram, but I still find my Facebook ads are where I put more of my time and effort. Okay. Um, and those have exploded too. Like the so, would you, so you're saying that your demogra- the demographics on your Facebook is different from your Instagram? Yeah. I, I always think of um, Facebook as being the slightly more put together version of anything. Probably more likely going to be the audience that might be real potential buyers for a property, Mm -hmm. especially if you're talking like over 40, 50 kind of age group. Instagram, maybe a bit younger and people have the option to check into either, but I find the Instagram's more casual. You get a lot more people just popping in and saying things that sometimes you wish they wouldn't say on your live feed. (laughs) So um, yeah, I, I, I just find Facebook, I'm able to target market um, with ads. Mm-hmm. And now if I can promote live stream, which is something to promote, which has been very effective. And then I can send the links later to people. I've been really um, leaning into the direct message advertising tools on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. been really good. But I have I've have one particular listing that I promoted um, with 
sort of same type of ads I normally would do. And I probably had about 300 direct inquiries. That's wow. Yeah. Because so, I mean, remember, I don't know if you remember, because I was advertising in newspapers mm-hmm. and it's, you know, you just throw it away right after it's published or landed on the, someone's doorstep. Mm-hmm. So this is for sure an easy way to get an outreach at very, very minimal cost. Yeah, and you are con- you have control over the cost, right? It's yeah. like if you really ra- want to ramp something up, you certainly can. But I think it gives you that two-way conversation so you can follow up with people, you can get feedback from people. You know, if you've got a price reduction or an event that you're, like you're doing a live, then those are people you can then touch base with again, mm-hmm. right? When you're looking at magazine or um, newspaper stuff, you have no idea who's on the other side. Right. So. so would you say, so someone who's not on social media at all and they're a little bit shy, mm-hmm. what kind of advice can you give them off the start? Off the start? Um, I think, I hate to say it, it's just a matter of just doing it. I think that first time, first post or first live is always very nerve wracking. And I think I've had a lot of realtors call me about the live stream videos, for example. The first one you do, you kind of have to do like off the cuff because you can't Mm -hmm. practice live. It's live. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I've suggested to people is maybe go live for your first time in a less formal capacity. Like maybe don't advertise it. Um, Maybe don't associate it with the property listing. Um, Just go for a walk in your neighborhood. Talk a bit about the property. Like just get used to the functionality like getting up because some people are afraid of the being the voice and some Mm -hmm. people are just afraid of the technology and sometimes it's both. I get it. Um, The thing I think about is that there's still, while we're starting to see more and more professionals using these platforms in creative ways, it's still they're early adopters in a lot of ways. So it's not going to be perfect. Like half of my stuff, I look at it after and I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) But it is what it is, right? People are not, like they're there for you, but they may not be depending on what what, you're doing with that video as an example. Um, So would you recommend like something more organic and it's on your iPhone and it's like, Timeless versus hiring somebody who's going to cost three, two to four hundred dollars yeah. for the video. I, I think there's room for both, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a place for both. I think the more um, organic stuff is the right place to start. I think it's good. A, it doesn't cost you anything. B, you get comfortable. You get to see yourself on camera a little bit more and see what you like and don't like, um, and. I think generally speaking as well, we've kind of started to move a little bit more away from curated content. I think people have had enough of curated content. Instagram obviously is like some of these profiles. I still want to emulate them. They're amazing. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm not that kind of girl, for example. Like I can't, I can put the time into editing, but I, I don't know how to stand. I don't know how to like wear the right things or, you know, and I think that when you're more um, authentic people, it resonates better anyways, because Mm -hmm. just because we see some of these profiles with a huge following doesn't necessarily mean there's any active engagement or return on it. Um, Don't worry about the numbers and just try to build the audience that will resonate with you so you can carry forward with it and not like. (laughs) Yeah. I always say, don't worry about, you know, the four viewers that you have at the moment because you can repurpose it many times over Mm -hmm. on different platforms over time. Yeah. So if someone was obsessed with it, like they just couldn't put down their phone, and but they are being unproductive <laughs> in their 
work, like like trying to get deals done. How do you suggest them controlling their time on their phone? I don't know. Like I could use that advice myself. So <laughs> I, I think you know, blocking time is probably a good idea. Scheduling posts is probably a good idea. These are all things that I know I need to do better. I'm just less maybe about disrupting my life, but more about just having consistency, having a vision, um, knowing that you're reaching like if you and I've done this, you know, where you're really good for several days and you post a whole bunch of great content and then Mm -hmm. suddenly you ghost your audience for two weeks. Like that's, that's not. Are they reaching out and asking, hey, where, where'd you go? Or Uh, no, I just think it goes, it works against you in terms of the algorithm. I think people forget about you. The whole idea is to be top of mind with the people that are watching you. And you're also just probably losing out on potential opportunities. Like more and more, I'm starting to get out outreach from prospective clients that are directly reaching me because of the things I'm doing online. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard now we're allowed to hold open houses. So what does that mean to your business? Are you going to, to not do as much Instagram live or, um, you know what? I don't know. I'm not loving personally the idea of open houses yet. I know that Mm -hmm. some clients are going to want them. So I'm going to be considering that. Um, I've really gotten into the, like, I could have gone a few more months with this live stream only as my option and really building um, a consistent plan around it because mm-hmm. it's been more just ad hoc. Lately, we've been thinking about how to map things out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely think live stream is here to stay for me and it's going to be a priority. I think there's a lot of benefits in a COVID or non-COVID world. So I think with COVID still being around, it's still a great tool to allow people to preview property without getting inside because I think there's still going to be those that don't want to mm-hmm. uh, or at least help narrow things down, qualify mm-hmm. things. And I think any tool we can give them. Um, but I just think it's such a great advertising tool. Um, and the videos that you do, you can pay to play with those later too. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, repurpose content. So it's just, it's created a whole new world of content that I have now that I never had before. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, would you say that I'm finding myself that the listings are a lot more accurate and a lot more, you know, true to what you're actually delivering mm. um, when you actually step into the home because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to get that much more qualified buyers to come through. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that the, the information is correct online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's one thing that I feel that we've improved on mm-hmm. as agents is, is is delivering the right material and information to everybody. Yeah, I look. I never used Matterport before COVID. Yeah, I, and I love it now. So yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. So how do you interact and engage with your with your audience? Because if you're getting three hundred, you know, thirty to three hundred responses. Yeah. How do you prioritize those? Uh, that's a good question. I do need help. I think so. Anyone out there looking for some administrative? <laughs> we need an assistant. Um, yeah, I, I'm starting to block time for it, um, and I'm starting to segment inquiries, for example, by niche or by segment property type or price point or neighborhood or whatever. Um, so that way I can go back to them. So there is a bit of a CRM function on Facebook now that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helpful. And yeah, again, in some cases, forgiving yourself and just <laughs> just getting to it. Um, it's I'm learning along the way, if I'm being real with you. Well, yeah. if you, because you're you're female, I pay much more attention. And also because you're on social media, I pay much more attention as well about the importance of 
the role of the real estate board and the council plays mm -hmm. uh, in our business. Mm -hmm. uh, if if it was somebody else, I don't actually think I would pay as much attention to the videos. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of influence you've had on me. Oh, so okay. thank you so much for oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't I don't know if anybody else have kind of given you that type of feedback. Um, I think it's it's opened up a new channel. I think for especially the younger demographic of realtors, especially those who are online, it's just introduced them more to the organization than you know they may not have had the relationship before. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what are you currently working on that we can look forward to? Um, I have a few things up my sleeve, so we'll see. Um, Vancouver Avenue is pivoting a little bit, and I don't want to give too much. Uh, until Your branding launched. is beautiful, by the way. It is beautiful. I love it. And we have we really haven't leveraged it over the last year, just being busy. And my partner is a new mom. And and um, so this year, we're going to take it a step up. But uh, it's going to be less of a, let's call it brokerage, like real estate team uh, brand and more into something a little more multimedia. Mm. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that right now. Okay. And my podcast is something I started and totally bailed on. And it's something that I really want to get back to. And COVID, I thought would be the opportunity to do that, but I didn't. So it's going to You have a lot on your plate, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I love doing it. It's really yeah. fun. I think, again, it's just a matter of organizing. Like if someone can help me, just set the put it in the calendar. <laughs> I got Brayden right next to you. He's my, like, our producer. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> Um, so do you have time for a rapid 10, uh, 10 rapid questions? I can try. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What is something people don't know about you? Uh, I grew up in Surrey. Actually, lots of people know that. Um, that, that's something that I, I like to talk about a lot and, uh, have a lot of Surrey pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite breakfast spot? Oh, goodness. There's so many good breakfast spots, but I don't really eat breakfast anymore. I love, there's a Ask for Luigi in Railtown area has some really amazing breakfast. I've oh, there I did not know they served breakfast. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's possible they don't do it anymore, but it was phenomenal. Um, but I intermittent fast, so I don't do breakfast. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're oh, you're always inspiring everybody else because you're giving tips online and you're, you're doing so many different involvements and so many different volunteering. Who inspires you? That's a good question. I think um, professionally speaking, I find uh, inspiration just through uh, lots of different avenues. There's a woman, for example, on our board who's a public director who owns a really big company here in Vancouver. I really want to make a point of getting to know more and more women outside of real estate just mm -hmm. to hear about what they do because that really motivates me at the end of the day though my nonna my Italian grandmother she inspires me she came here she hustled she didn't have her husband and she just had that immigrant mentality and just I don't know I'm just so just thankful for put her put your nose down and work hard just and, and and still enjoy life still very Italian still enjoy life make time yeah you know, yeah yeah <laughs> what's the best advice you've ever received um, I think the best advice I ever received was to get involved with Real Estate Board. So a realtor who I'm still very good friends with, uh, Ray Harris, who's out in the like, Tri-Cities area, said, hey, you should get involved. You seem to have some ideas and um, probably changed the course of my life. So I'd say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you had to rally up votes? And yeah. At that time, we had um, uh, what was called the like divisions. They were like geographic divisions and they were more, um, they were, I was called the director of that division, but we were more committees and it was more like just volunteering for events and educational networking things, which I'm actually really bad at, but it introduced me to understanding the different layers of the organization and um, 
both of them, both roles, I had to rally votes and do all that, which is terrible, but I'm actually pretty good at it. I just hate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can make a documentary, mm -hmm. what would it be about? Oh, that's a good question. I'm really um, interested in urban planning and the thinking behind designing cities. I don't know a lot about it, but that would be a really fun exercise, I think. And I think for Vancouver, it's a, it's really tied into housing affordability and like equity mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So that would probably be it. Okay. Have you seen, like, what should we change after realizing, experiencing COVID um, with urban planning in our city? That's a good question. Um, I just think understanding spaces and um, use of space, I'm really intrigued by like co-housing as an example. Um, so I, you know, we hear from our clients about they've been stuck at home and if they don't love their home, it's been really tough. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're living in a city that's so expensive, that might mean you're living in 500 square feet. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of places where maybe you still have your own private 500 square feet, but then you have shared spaces that, I mean, social distancing matters, obviously, but outdoor spaces are really important. Mm -hmm. Transit's an interesting one with COVID. I don't know the answer to that, but transit's obviously an integral part to like yeah. success of the city, but I don't know when we're all wearing masks it's harder it's harder yeah yeah okay what's your word for 2020 pivot Ooh. yeah good oh, one that'd be it <laughs> <laughs> um and final question you've got to fill in the blank mm -hmm. i am here to learn nice Well, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you more. Thank you. I only met you once at the book club. Yeah. And uh, the book club has been happening online. Yes. But the, the group is getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> been able to prioritize it more so with the board stuff and just yeah, so many Zoom meetings. Um, but that's e easing out now for me. So reading a book would be a good thing. I haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> so, Where can people find you if they want to look you up? Um, pretty simple. I, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, more Instagram, uh, but uh, trying to pick up my Twitter, I think again, at Ashley underscore Realtor on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Ashley Smith Realtor. Super, you know, original name, I know, uh, but it is what it is. And on TikTok, you can find me. <laughs> If you want. Discreetly. But just do not judge me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had so much fun, and I hope you did too. I did. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Awesome. Thank okay, you. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify. And if I'm not currently uh, broadcasting this on your podcast consumption channel of choice, please do let me know. I want to make sure to fix that. Um, and please do rate the podcast wherever you are. So thank you again. I'm Ashley Smith. Um, again, you can follow me at at Ashley underscore Realtor on most channels. Otherwise, you can search me, Ashley Smith, Vancouver Realtor. Pretty easy to find. Um, and P.S., don't forget to let me know who you would like to hear on the podcast next. I would love to hear your ideas. And P.S., again, don't forget to share. Let your friends know how awesome this podcast is. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful day.